Hello and welcome to Great Takes Less Filling. I am your host, U Street. This week, I am joined by a very angry Andy, GopherGuy05, to uh, recap what is, I think, objectively a dumb game. The Gophers lost 45-44 to Maryland at Maryland in overtime uh, because Minnesota missed an extra point to lose the game. And at this point, I'll just let Andy kind of take over for a little bit. The worst loss in the P.J. Fleck era. Uh, for multiple reasons, but you know how PJ keeps saying, well, this is a new era at Minnesota? Well, guess what? It's not fucking a new era at Minnesota. It's the same goddamn shit that Gopher fans have been watching for the last 50-some years. Nothing's changed. PJ may say it's changed. Nothing's bleeping changed. I'm slightly more optimistic than my compadre here, but I think he's got a fair point in not that nothing has changed bit, but that a very specific thing has not changed and that is this year there's been a massive regression on the defensive side of the ball there might be multiple reasons for this i think it's a little bit hard on some level to take anything from this COVID s season but unquestionably the linebackers are very bad the front four generally pretty bad outside Boye Mafe, who incidentally would be my defensive necton of the week with an honorable mention to D'Angelo Carter, who got a interception uh, in this game. So both of those did pretty well on the defense side of the ball, but it's really hard. And the positions that I thought potentially were going to be a strength this season, at least in terms of experience, are corner play, just not really there right now. And that ends up meaning that if you are the Maryland Terrapins, you put up 281 yards on the ground and 394 yards from the air that's very bad now i suppose and and andy you'll have to you'll have to confirm on this was antoine winfield playing uh no antoine winfield was not playing neither so it does continue at least in the pj fleck era that every time minnesota plays maryland when antoine winfield is not playing defensively they do very poorly yeah uh no that was it was I mean, let's put it. Let's be honest. I don't think Antoine Winfield could have saved that as as much as as we miss him. Um, Ten out of the eleven defensive players on the field look lost. Now I'll give Coney Durr the benefit of the doubt because it doesn't look like they're passing to him, and he's he's sort of been locked down on the other side. But uh, Benjamin St. Juiced was just awful tonight. Terrell Smith was just awful tonight. Jordan Howden and Tyler Newbin were just awful tonight with the exception of Tyler Newbin forcing the one fumble that basically was the only reason this game went into overtime in the first place. Uh, Mariano, sorry, Marin, man, what, what happened to him? Um, you know, he wasn't great when he played last year instead of Kamal Martin, but he wasn't this bad. I don't know if the rest of the defense around him is making him do more things, but he, he's atrocious. And Cody Lindenberg, you know, you can't rag on a true freshman playing his second game that much. But the fact that we have a true freshman playing his second game at linebacker, uh, that's a problem. And you can tell he needs more seasoning. Boye Mafe shows up once, twice, three times a game to make a big play. The rest of the time, he's just sort of there. Um, D'Angelo Carter was the, made the first play in two games that a gopher D tackle has made a nice play, so that's great. Um, the other side, Izzy Otomeo, is he on the field? I, I don't know. I don't think I've heard his name called in two games. And whoever's the rotating other D-tackle, whether it be Keontae Shad or uh, Micah Dutra away, he's just a body right now. The Gopher defense is in shambles. They can't do anything right. And 
you know, at least for a portion of the night, it looked like the offense was going to bail them out. And then the fourth quarter came, and I'm wondering what the hell even just happened. Believe the stat, if you break it down by quarters, and admittedly this is partially because there was a sack, so that's counted as negative yardage. The Minnesota had one yard in the fourth quarter on offense. Not great. I think it's absolutely clear. I have no disagreements with my colleague, uh, though my language would perhaps be slightly different to describe it. But in terms of substance, I completely agree right now. The defense is really bad. However, and this is the big however, that shouldn't lose you a football game against Maryland. That should just mean that you get in a track meet that you should win. Minnesota has a first-round draft pick at wide receiver. They have another wide receiver who probably is going to sneak his way into the NFL, at least on a practice squad. And Minnesota attempted 15 passes in this game. In the fourth quarter in particular, Mark Sanford, Matt Simon, combination of them with P.J. Fleck, decided that they were going to more or less become very unidimensional. And I understand on some level that when you have an RPO game, you're sort of taking what the defense gives you, granted. But the defense probably shouldn't, if the defense is constantly giving you the run up the middle and stacking eight or nine in the box, that tells me that something about your play calling is wrong. I don't think through the first two games, I have seen a ton from Mark Sanford that makes me wildly enthusiastic about the Mark Sanford era and or the Matt Simon era. That doesn't mean to say that I think this is absolutely terrible coordinator picks or anything to that nature. Clearly there's a transitional period and like, every one of these podcasts were playing in a very weird season to begin with where lots of practice time was shut down places where you would expect teams to be not as where it should be that said that was more or less true for everyone so that excuse only takes you too far and honestly at the moment i am not totally sure why you are harnessing and stopping tanner morgan rashad bateman chris Upman bell from uh, doing what they should be doing, which is just torching a very bad, or at least supposedly quite bad, Maryland defense. Especially when, from great portions of that game, Maryland was bringing large number of bodies and sort of daring Minnesota to pass the ball. It is very weird to me that any team that has a first-round draft pick wide receiver should be in a situation where the other team is daring you to throw the ball. Yeah, I don't know what Mike Sanford was doing. Um, you know, there were some definite concerns when he was hired as the new offensive coordinator uh, after he had had some, uh, he basically took uh, Jordan Love and, and Utah State uh, from, you know, greatness down to a pretty subpar year last season. Um, and there was some definite concern when he came in that, and, and PJ kept saying, oh, it'll be fine, it'll be, be fine. You take what Matt Simon was calling in the, Outback Bowl and compare it to what we saw the first two games tonight and this offense has completely lost all semblance of what it made successful. At least the slants decided to make a comeback tonight. Uh, we didn't see hardly any against Michigan. Um, yeah, Mike Sanford, a as I tweeted out myself, and I don't think anybody reads my tweets during the game, so that's not surprising. Uh, I didn't know whether it was Mike Sanford or whether it was Matt Lime Grover in the fourth quarter. Three straight drives on second and five, second and five, and second and three. They ran the ball into a nine-man box right up the middle. What in the hell are you doing? 
I, I just I, I can't comprehend that how badly the play calling lost this game for Minnesota. All you have to do is have a pulse on offense in the fourth quarter and the Gophers win this game because of what they did in the second and third quarters. And the play calling was just awful. You, yeah, as as Street said, you've got this guy named Rashad Bateman, and I think you tried throwing to him three times. Finally, at the end of the game, when he needed to move the ball a little bit, you did. But then it stalled out. Um, you know, I'm sure he's thrilled that he came back for his senior year so far. Or not his senior year, but his return year before he goes to the NFL so far. Um, you know, the only good thing you can say about the offense for the two, first two games is it pretty much guarantees Tanner Morgan will be back next year because no NFL team's going to take a chance on him, what they've seen through the Gopher offense early here this season. Uh, you know, it, it was obvious that Sanford had a had a game plan that they were going to run all over Maryland after what Northwestern did last week, and, and it worked. Mo Ibrahim got four touchdowns by the second quarter, and then I'm I'm pretty sure I don't have the exact stats in front of me, but I bet you he was averaging you know, close to eight, nine, ten yards a carry in the first half, I bet you he didn't average more than about three and a half the second half because Maryland figured it out, and the Gophers did not adjust at all. They ran the exact same plays. Maryland sniffed it out, and the Gophers ran into eight and nine-man boxes and got three yards a carry instead of ten yards a carry. And that's why they lost, because they basically played not to lose like they thought their defense was going to get a stop. And guess what? Our defense most definitely did not get a stop Mo Ibrahim 41 carries 207 yards five yard average rush uh, that's four touchdowns which ties him for the most touchdowns or rushing touchdowns in history in a single game by any Minnesota player uh, could have had five count the overtime Seth Green wisely kept it and popped on in so Mo Ibrahim does not get to have that record I think the Gophers are suffering too by the fact that look you got one player running for 200 plus yards and playing really, really well throughout the game. You have an offensive line that run blocking has done a decent job actually over the the first two games. The challenge right now, as I see it, going into week three, is that most of these same kind of tendencies are are things we've seen throughout the entire Fleck era. Lest we forget, on great takes last filling last year they would pull out these games at the end, but the Govers were very close to being 0-3 to start the season last year. So it's not as if these teams don't start slow. I think what is frustrating for me looking at the offensive uh, play calling is, well, it's offensive, but also that it lacks creativity for situations that creativity actually is somewhat called for. And I understand that there used to be, and I think probably still is from Fleck himself. I am not willing to say that this entirely is falls on the offensive coordinators in the sense that, well, PJ Fleck played on the offensive side of the ball. This is his imprint. Sanford is his coordinator that he brought in. And Fleck is more than willing to say that responsibility starts with him. I think the third and fourth quarter play calling and decisions that were being made are absolutely decisions that if Fleck had a problem with the play calling, he should have uh, intervened in a little bit more forcefully. But what I partially mean by creative play calling is it's unquestionably the case that you are going to try and double Rashad Bateman as often as possible or put looks on defense that makes Tanner Morgan believe that Rashad Bateman is going to be double covered or is going to have a really hard throw with a really tight window. Those are things that are reasonable. 
Minnesota going to basically max protect two wide receivers first, second, and third down to run inside zone more or less exclusively? Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't really know where anyone thinks that's going to be particularly successful, especially because they're not actually changing much of the looks for Maryland. And this is not a team on offense for which you can say, oh, there's no experience back there. Minnesota returned the vast majority of their starters. That changed, of course, to some degree with the loss of several members of the offensive line, but every member of the offensive line has been in the room for a couple of years. You have Wood supposedly coming in was one of the top quarterbacks in the Big Ten. Certainly, I think at his best, Tanner Morgan absolutely has that honor. You've got a top wide receiver. You've got another wide receiver that isn't too shabby in Chris Ottman Bell. And right now you're having a running back in Mo Ibrahim who's running the ball really well. And admittedly, you know, Minnesota put up 38 points in this game in the in in regular time, but they didn't look good putting up those 38 points for much of the second half. In the second half, they scored, they put up 10 points. And that's that's simply unacceptable against a team like Maryland. Well, yeah, it's it's just, I mean, and, you know, after we have a time to calm down and things of it, but I just, I, I'm, I'm going to come back to the inexplicable play calling. The Gophers called offensive plays in the fourth quarter like they thought they could just burn clock and their defense would stop them. And I don't know if I don't know what PJ Fleck thought that he thought that this defense would stop them because we've seen from two games that they can't stop anybody. And legitimately, at this point, unless things change, which yeah, sure, things can change, but unless things change, the only way Minnesota's winning a football game this year is if they win a game fifty-six to forty-nine, if they completely outscore somebody, or if they can get a couple more opportune turnovers, because this defense cannot stop anybody right now whether it be running whether it be passing and arguably if you look ahead at the schedule arguably maryland's probably in theory one of the worst offenses you're going to see going ahead illinois offense is better than maryland purdue's offense dear god purdue if they have everybody clicking rondell moore comes back david bell they might put 80 up on this defense wisconsin iowa it, it, it could be an ugly year unless they get things figured out, which, again, as we've said, they slow start. It's definitely possible. But for the first two games, they've given us absolutely nothing to think that they have any idea how to slow down a single offense in the Big Ten. Um, you know, and, and there's just there's so many more questions. You know, it, it feels wrong to pick on Brock Walker for mixing, missing the extra point in overtime. But why is Brock Walker even in that position in the first place? Michael Lance was back this week. He was doing kickoffs. Why wasn't he kicking extra points and field goals? Why was Brock Walker kicking extra points and field goals, but Lance was kicking off? It's a good question. I think it's fair at the end of the season to probably reevaluate rather strongly what has been going on in special teams, which has for a long time been a major weakness for the University of Minnesota. Now, it's certainly also the case that and also not to pick on Brock Walker, but you shouldn't miss extra points if you're a college kid. Well, well, and, it, and I mean, the deeper issue, which, I mean, we're going into it, but the deeper issue is their work of scholarships in special teams has been horrid. You've got Grant Ryers on scholarship that all he's done in his three and a half years at the University of Minnesota is kick the ball off and for a good portion of one season, kick the ball out of bounds. 
you have Michael Lance who's on scholarship, who apparently, even though in theory we think he had COVID, apparently isn't good enough coming off of COVID to get his job back kicking extra points and field goals. And so you've got a walk-on who's going to be kicking extra points and field goals while Lance is delegated to kickoff duty. So that's two special team scholarships just wasted at the moment. Now Lance may get his job back, and that's one thing. But I, it just it, it's an appalling waste of scholarships if you're going to give the job to walk-ons over, over players that you have hand-selected and determined to be good enough that you want to reward them one of your precious 25 scholarships for the year and one of your 85 scholarships in total. Um, you know, like I said, there's there's plenty of other things I can pick on to complain about. Uh, I'm going to skip the fact that apparently the Maryland quarterback thanked God for having Minnesota choke at the end of the game just because I don't want to get banned. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll skip that point right now. But... Uh, yeah, it's frustrating. I mean, the, the, what you're hearing from me is, is frustration from a Gopher fan, and I'm sure most of you listening, if you are listening to this, feel the exact same frustration I do. And we all thought things were going to be better, and we all thought things were going to be changing, and we're back to the same old Gophers, and it's entirely frustrating. And while it's not 100% on P.J. Flex's head, you, you know that he's going to be his same well you know we need to put him in a better position to win well you need to figure out something on the defense pj whether you're missing players from covid or not i don't know but the fact that you lost five key players from a defense last year shouldn't go from what you had last year to what this is um and if i saw any bright lights of thinking it'd be get better then i wouldn't be as frustrated but um i i don't think I don't think our linebackers could cover a junior high running back or tight end right now. Uh, the only person to even remotely get pressure on a quarterback has been Mafe, and he's shown a lack of geometry that's been appalling. Uh, kid needs to open a book and learn how to work angles a little bit better. And, and our secondary, with the exception of Coney Durr, has just been terrible. And it's only going to get worse as you play teams that have even more high-powered passing offenses like I am legitimately worried what Purdue might do to this team with in theory two of the top three wide receivers in the Big Ten other than Bateman so um, yeah there's not a lot of hope right now uh, hopefully they can turn something around but uh, I think I think dread and and pain is what a lot of Gopher fans are feeling right now and they're not really seeing uh, a bright light around the horizon yeah, I can't say that right now from what we've seen for the first two weeks, we should see a tremendous improvement one week uh, on the next, especially because you don't have any breaks. So kind of situation for which maybe you'd regroup is just not available this year from a scheduling perspective. And I just want to add that I think the scholarship discussion is an important one. To be clear, neither Andy nor myself personally know Grant Ryers or Michael Lanson. We assume that they're both great individuals and great students, and I'm sure they represent the university very well. When we refer to wasted scholarships here, we're more suggesting that at the moment that could have been spent on additional defensive linemen, additional offensive linemen, or at the moment, linebackers. And, and I just want to go on with that and agree with you. So, yes, as, as person, I'm not speaking about them as person, whatever. I'm sure they're great representatives of the University of Minnesota. That is not at all what I mean. But if you're going to have 
a walk-on kicker kicking for you, why, you know, exactly, why did not you use that last scholarship on an extra defensive lineman? Why did you not use it on a linebacker who might actually be able to tackle somebody um, as opposed to a kicker who spends most of the time sitting on the bench? But, yes. Yeah, absolutely. And and that kind of decision-making comes from a top to bottom because P.J. Fleck has to be the person who decides to offer up a scholarship. It also, looking further down the pipe, I would suspect that, I mean, especially if Minnesota loses, begins the season 0-3, that if you are a Gophers fan, you are almost certainly, and very reasonably, mind you, checking out of this season and saying, I'll come back in 2021. It's hard, it's hard for me to suggest that you would be wrong for doing that, given the performances that have been seen, especially on the defensive side of the ball, over the last couple of weeks. This is not a season, I should be clear right now, this is not a season for which I think, oh, well, you need to move on to a different defensive coordinator. Because I don't think the problem right now is explicitly the coordinator. I think right now the problem is execution, it's youth, it's inexperience. And frankly, at least in a couple of positions, right now it might simply be talent. The talent isn't there. And that's a longer-term recruiting challenge. But I agree with Andy that based on what we have seen from the defense so far, barring some, and I really hope they come to fruition, but barring some massive changes on the defensive side of the ball from both the scheme perspective and an execution perspective, 40, 45, 50-some points a game is more or less the number that the offense should expect it's going to have to score to win. And that no. is not a position you want to be in. No, it's not at all. And and fully, you know, in, in this COVID season, which, yeah, we'd all like to see the Gophers succeed, and we We'd all like to see them compete. I mean, let's be honest now. There's no competing for the Big Ten West now. That Those dreams are now over at 0-2. Um, I will fully endorse, and it may be radical, but I will fully endorse if the Gophers go into Champaign and lose next week to fall to 0-3, PJ should come out and say, all right, yep, this year we just don't got it. So guess what? We're, we're not going to compete for the Big Ten title. We're at this point, what the two Big Ten Bowls already not being played this year due to COVID. We're not going to compete for a bowl game. I'm officially considering this preseason for 2021. I'm going to play freshmen because they're not going to lose any eligibility. I'm going to play young guys the last five games of the year, six games of the year. And we're going to basically try and build these guys up. So when we get to the 2021 season, we're, we're back to everything being important again. We're going to have the most talent that has the most experience that's ready to step in and immediately play. Because, you know, we may have hoped that Mariano Sari Martin was the answer. He, he sure doesn't look like he is right now. So you know what? Get uh, get Griffin and or Gordon and get Willis back from, from wherever their injuries whether it was COVID or something else, get them back in the lineup, give them playing time. Because I'd rather see them struggle than Mariano Sorry Martin struggle. Um, on the defensive line, if uh, Otomayo isn't going to do it, put put one of the freshman guys in there and get him some time. Whether that's, uh, you know, we've got some of the other younger, either freshman or redshirt freshman. Nobody's using, el- we're losing eligibility next year. So at that point, turn it into a minor league season, build these guys up, and get the, get everybody on this team in the exact best position you can get into going into 2021 when everybody will care again. 
certainly a reasonable view and the fact that I don't think it's obviously ridiculous and I'm describing it as reasonable might suggest the nature of a great take less filling. We hope, of course, that you will not disappear until 2021, but you will continue to join us on the Daily Gopher where we will have plenty more both breakdown of the Maryland game as well as looking forward, not only in football, but also uh, to hockey, basketball, and the other sports that are beginning to start. But with that, go Gophers, Skyuma, row the boat. <laughs>